Welcome to Movie the Musical, a podcast about movies that have been turned into musicals. I am your host, Ben Kay. We are here to investigate, interrogate, and celebrate the arts of adaptation from screen to stage. We are a podcast that positively loves questions, <laughs> and today's question is, when's it my turn? Wouldn't I love, love to explore the world up above? That's it. Out of Skid Row, <laughs> wish I could go somewhere that's green. Somewhere that's blue, more like. Somewhere that's blue. <laughs> well, yep. no. yeah, I don't know. It's okay. That is, I am gonna make the argument. They are not the same fucking. You have song. made that argument I on this have, podcast before, and I have to They're again. They're pretty close. I though. have to make the argument again. I like don't blame Alan Menken or anything, but they're pretty close. Also, there's a in this musical. There's a Another him ripping himself oh, off. Oh yeah, well, that that one is show. more. That one's more blatant, and we'll get to that in oh, a yeah. second. Um, we're of course today <laughs> talking about the 1989 film *The Little Mermaid*, directed by John Musker and Ron Clements. As we continue our Disney season, and also talk about its subsequent Broadway musical adaptation, the 2008 musical of the same name, with a book by Doug Wright. Music by Alan Menken, lyrics by Howard Ashman and Glenn Slater. As always, our wonderful producer and editor, Bran Moorhead, is here. Hello, Ooh. Bran. Hi. I just, uh, I think after today, my dream is just to really to turn into Ursula someday. <laughs> oh, yes. Like, that's just, I want, I want to just like live in a shell and then like people come and ask me for favors and I just get up and do my makeup like cattily in front of them. <laughs> Squeeze a little clam for lipstick. Yes! She, she is the original girl boss. I'll give her that. Uh, I'll give her that. <laughs> joining us back on the pod. Yay! You know them from our premiere episode <laughs> about the chaotic Shrek slash Shrek the musical. Um, the poet, the performer, the singular Bianca Phipps is back. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Um, I signed the little scroll in squid ink uh, and sold my Amazing. soul to do this episode. And I am so excited to be here. I, yeah, I, we, uh, off mic, we alluded to, this was a very popular episode. So a lot of folks who were dying to get on this episode and you, you beat them all to the punch. Literally, like, when I emailed everyone, I'm pretty sure, like, within, like, two minutes you responded and you were like, Little Mermaid, I want to do Little Mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> little Mermaid. You can imagine me just, like, shoving my way to the front of the crowd. I was like, I'm ready. Yes, I'm and... It, I'm ready. Like like our favorite porous yellow friend says, I'm ready. Uh, <laughs> speaking of undersea creatures uh, who've been brought to the stage. Um, before we get into Little Mermaid, um, as always, I like to, to pin our thesis to the top of, top mm. of the episode. So in theatrical chronology, uh, mm. last week you listened to us talk about Tarzan, uh, that vine-swinging friend of ours, um, which was... You know, maybe one could argue the first misstep in Disney theatricals. You know, Beauty and the Beast was uh, a uh, a safe uh, success. Lion King was a popular success. Mary Poppins was a little bit of both. 
and Tarzan was their sort of swing and a miss. Uh, Swinging all over the place on those vines. I was gonna say, <laughs> in an outfit that in an outfit that just makes it look like he has a huge erection the whole time. Maybe I mean, he does. He? I, I, I can't judge. So, where are we? Where is Disney theatricals? They they got their miss, and now they're like, all right, Little Mer- let's go back to the very beginning. Little Mermaid, the one that started it all, the one that kicked off the Disney Renaissance. And let's also go back to trying to, you know, again, Tarzan, there were some kind of, like, larger theatrical ambitions with that one. But let's let's go to the, back to that, like, Lion King sense of ambition in, like, how do we take this thing that shouldn't make sense on stage at all and see if we can finagle uh, a way to make it work. Um, and their workaround was Heelys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um and there's a lot there's a lot to be discussed because they did uh, yeah it's heelys there's a lot of heelys we'll get right. into the heelys we'll roll our way across the stage to talk about the heelys um but yeah so this was i mean it it's it's kind of wild that it took them so long to get little mermaid on stage yeah um you would think that would have they would have like I would have suspected if I was um, the completely unproblematic Thomas Schumacher head of <laughs> Disney theatricals, um, I would have been like, oh, Lion King's a success. Great. What's another hugely popular Disney uh, Disney product? The Little Mermaid. The one, again, the one that started it all. But they took, they took like a decade. And uh, what did they make? Well, we'll get to it in a second. Uh, Bianca, so like I just said before, uh, you were adamant about being on this episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Talk to me about Little Mermaid. Talk to me about your relationship with the Little Mermaid. Okay. Uh, Picture this. It's 1996. A small Bianca Phipps uh, is toddling along in the living room. Um, and my mother puts in a VHS tape of The Little Mermaid. And I was like, oh my God, this is it. This is cinema. This is the whole point of being born. This is the reason I am on this earth. It's to watch this movie until the tape runs out. Um, this is my favorite Disney film. Um, the, the only Disney film since it has come close has been Tangled. And I think it's because they have very similar beats in terms of storytelling and themes. Um, I love this movie so much. Prince Eric was the blueprint for every man I thought I had a crush on. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's cute. He's a cutie. He's cute. He's a cutie. Dark dark hair, blue eyes, distant, unattainable. (laughs) I think what you mean by distant is like the personality of a board. Yes. (laughs) That's what distant Exactly. Yeah, no. Nothing going on. Nothing but not a thought behind those eyes, Michael. Just like a sweet, nice, but nice eyes. He's a good man. He loves his dog. He loves his boat. He loves the ocean. I get it. I also love the ocean. Very cute dog. Yes, which they cut from the musical. Crazy palace that, like, (laughs) he just pulls a huge schooner up to. Like, when they finally show the outside of his palace, I'm like, wow, you could just pull your giant ass pirate boat up to the side of your house. That's pretty cool. Into the back, and like, and it's massive. You have a pre-made wedding barge (laughs) that you're like, the wedding ship sails at dusk. Like, what? (laughs) And they're like, this is an heirloom. Waiting to say that forever because he's an only child. And I they've just so. they've just had it built and dusted every year. It's just him and Grimsby. Him and Grimsby and all those gossipy <laughs> Grigsby? Grimsby? Grimsby. Grimsby, yes. Mm. Is his is his 
beanpole friend. It's yes. true. Uh, but yeah, so let's so let's yeah, so let's stick to Little Mermaid as a film yeah. uh, for right now. Um, I was kind of having a quandary uh, before this because I watched The Little Mermaid this morning, the film, Me um, too. and I was just Me like, too. yeah, look at us go. Uh, and I was just like, okay, fuck, is this the best one? I was because like. Obviously, we started off the season with, like, my adamant take that Beauty and the Beast is my favorites of the Disney Renaissance films and the best one. And I watched this. I'm like, well, now I don't know because there's just... Really? Yeah. I I had kind of the opposite reaction. <gasps> really? On this watch of saying, of thinking that, like, maybe this movie's kind of low tier <gasps> Disney. Oh, Brad. Oh, I know. No. I, this was, this so my takes. background with this movie is this was... Please. The, according to my mom, this was the first movie I saw in the movie theater. When oh, I wow. Was like, Two and a half. Three I mean, that years would old. make sense. Yeah, nineteen eighty nine. Yeah. Yeah. I was. I guess I'd be. I was three because it probably was the summer or Christmas release, and um, so I would have been three. And like, uh, yeah, I loved this movie. Had the clamshell VHS with the like penis mm-hmm. tower on it, mm-hmm. and because um, <laughs> the old artwork, you know, one of the castles like straight up looks like a dong. Yep. Yeah. Um, uh, had that clamshell VHS. Watched it all the time. We would go to the lake and I would like do the burst from the water Absolutely. Of course, in of the course. water in, in a disgusting lake you follow with that has no <laughs> rocks or anything, just like crawdads. And, um, uh, also like loved Ursula and Sebastian. And, but mm. like, mm-hmm. I, I just think there's a lot of good stuff in this and the songs are like really top tier. And like I said before, Ursula is maybe the best Disney character period. Sure. Like she's pretty awesome. There's an argument to be made. Yeah. And like, there's a lot of good stuff, but man, Ariel is such a bummer. Interesting. Of a character. Like she's just written like, I mean, she just has no inner life really after her song. We'll at get the beginning. Yeah, sure, okay, that's well, okay. That's a fair. Okay, we'll get into that because I that sort of caveat you slipped in at the end there kind of saved you from me yelling at you a lot. <laughs> <From> <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still really enjoyed it, especially like uh, the just some of the some of the tangents it takes and like the ending of is like awesome. The yeah. ending is awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. So okay, so. Uh, it was a Thanksgiving release. Uh, came out oh, no- great. November seventeenth, eighty nine. Um, I I mean I don't know I don't know what it was. It's it. I mean so obviously yeah this was the launch of what would be known as the Disney Renaissance. You know Disney. It's it's kind of hard to fathom. Uh, pun intended, fathom. Uh, mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to fathom that Disney, like, people thought Disney was, like, about to go under, like, in the 80s. Like, they were just like, what the fuck is this company doing? Like, Black Cauldron, uh, oh, Fox no. and the Hound, like, what are these nerds up to? Like, it's just like, they were so <laughs> far gone from the heyday of, like, the Golden Age and the Silver Age and all that. Um... Like, they had, like, Oliver and Company and Great Mouse Detective, which, like, did okay, but, like, yeah. they weren't, like, obviously they weren't, like, blockbusters of, like, as we, like, we know of, like, Disney movies today. So it's just, like, what is this company doing? And so 
again, unproblematic uh, person Jeffrey Katzenberg, who was at Disney at the time, uh, makes maybe the best decision and one of the most formative decisions for contemporary American pop culture. Uh, he contacts Howard Ashman. Um, we alluded to this on our little shop app episode. This is just like, I feel like this is just like a running theme. This like plot line of just like the, the trajectory <laughs> of Howard Ashman as an artist, like just keeps popping up in this, in this podcast. Um, so Jeffrey Katzenberg reaches out to Howard Ashman, who of course was super successful with little shop, super unsuccessful with his recent Broadway musical smile, which we'll also be covering on this podcast, uh, at some point. Um, but He's like, hey, we're trying to do this Little Mermaid movie, and we don't know what the hell we're doing. You're very talented. Can you help us out? And Howard Ashman, again, because he was kind of in a low mode, because he had just had a Broadway flop, he was like, yeah, I, I need the money. I'm going to go to Disney and help with this fish movie. Um, <laughs> he brings along an Alan Menken. Uh, of course, from the little shop and God bless you, Mr. Rosewater days. Um, and so, I mean, Howard Ashman is a producer on this film. He is like one of the lead producers on this film. Obviously, Musker and Clements write, write and direct it. But that's the thing, like Beauty and the I Beast. Think Ashman and Clements are the only credited producers. I believe so. Yeah. At least in the opening credits. Yes. I mean, yeah. yeah. So like, yeah, like obviously like Beauty and Beast is sort of like the big one. I guess the best picture nomination. Mm -hmm. But like looking at it just from like the perspective of just like Ashman's influence, I feel like this is the movie that like Ashman like what, like had his most sort of like passion and vision um as a creative um and you can kind of tell because it, again it has the prestige of what would sort of like encapsulate the rest of the disney renaissance but there's still a little bit of like 80s chaos in there absolutely like, it, it's a little bit of a chaotic film in a yeah. lot of which which i go again that's kind of what made me love it this morning i was just like there's just like a lot of loose weird energy to this thing mm -hmm. that really hooked, again pun intended hooked me in hooked me railed me in yes yeah exactly so i don't know so so yeah, so Little Mermaid, um, you know it. It's the story of a a a, a mermaid, a, a, a little, little mermaid. mermaid. <laughs> um, I mean, but like, so and we we start off on the boat. We start off with uh the the wooden board of a prince that is Prince Eric. Love him. Um, we have an eight bar song to yeah. start the movie. <laughs> Absolutely, just so you yeah. know, you're getting your dipping your toes into the water. Yeah. This will be a musical. But again, and I think this this came up uh again this came up uh, on the podcast before. Brand, but like you know they have that like eight bars of fathoms below yes and the fish like flops off and then you just get the do -da 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 -do -da 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 -do -da -da like it yep. sucks you right in yep it sure does it it's does just, I, arpeggios baby yeah i just again just like I think, I mean, I, I think Alan Menken's, I think this is, like, close to being, like, one of Alan Menken's best scores. Like, like say what yeah. you will about it being, like, in your opinion, a low-tier Disney film. I think as a Disney score, this oh, is, 100%. like... 100%. It's very good. I mean, because, like, I was just thinking, like, I, I, I think I, like, might like more of the songs in this, like, in totality mm -hmm. than some of the other Disney movies. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, not not a not a flop in this soundtrack. I'll tell you that much. 
Not yeah, in the film not set. In the in film this, set. In, once again, just talking about the movie. Yes. <laughs> Strictly speaking about Strictly the movie. speaking. But I love it because like because because the music is so iconic, it works so well because this is a movie about two like societies that value music. Like the, sure. the mermaid's mythology is all she makes her debut at a musical. Sebastian is the court composer and he gets mm-hmm. like an announcement yeah. second tier only to the king. So like, of course, the music's going to be banging. This is like a <laughs> this is like this is what they do. There's like a line in the in the beginning of the movie where they're like where they're like mermaids. Those are just myths. And one of the one of the sailors is like, shut up, Grimsby. You don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. I believe in mermaids. Do you know what we know about the ocean? Nothing. We don't know anything. It's a it's a it it's is real a, deep. Yes. It's just real deep, <laughs> real deep, real big. No it's idea what's going real on. Real big, there. real deep, scary. Scary. It is. It is, is kind of terrifying. Uh, in the ocean, when you really think about it, it's like there yeah. are like there are fathoms below as they sing to us in the opening. Um, mm-hmm. But yes, we get this like lovely introduction. Yeah, you're right. Uh, his, uh, you, you you must utter his full name, which is of course Horatio Thelonious Ignatius Crustaceus Sebastian. So Sebastian is last name. Yeah. Yes. Like he just goes by. It's like there's like a coach. Triton's just like that coach attitude. Morehead, Sebastian, get over here. Get over here. Yeah, voiced by the the. Recently departed Samuel E. Wright, which is very Ooh. sad, um, who voices Sebastian, who knocks it out of the park. He was also the original Mufasa on Broadway oh, in oh, The Lion oh. King. Yeah. Um, who's really great. But yeah, I think he does a great job. Um, but yeah, it's so fun. Like, that's one of the things that Ashman, again, Howard Ashman, lovely, talented, gone too soon artist, was kind of into cultural appropriation uh, in a sure. like yeah. he like literally one of the first things when he's brought onto the project they're like trying to like rewrite it he's like how about a Jamaican crab <laughs> <laughs> and everybody a, was like sure, sure. <laughs> how about a crab who sings a Jamaican song <laughs> they're like okay why not write it down great hey, at least it's at least the voice actor is a black man like yeah, you know yeah, there is at least true. that. <laughs> Better. It's got that one over on Aladdin. Yes, and, and that's the one that won the song. This is one of the few Disney Renaissance films where the ballad doesn't win the Oscar. Yeah. Under the Sea True. wins, which is... What was it nominated against uh, while we're on it? Yeah, we might, we might as well get it, get it out of the way up. now. Uh, Probably part of your world, I would assume. Uh, which, again, if the fact that, like, I feel like that's the song. Like, that's... I know. Like... Motherfucker, part of your world wasn't even nominated. Wow. Which is bull- It's like the I want song. Yeah. It like invented a genre of songs. It is basically. It is like top or popularized. It, it is like top five songs that like Alan Megan and Howard Ashman wrote. Yeah. Like maniacal. That's wild. So the other nominees, uh, the only other Little Mermaid nominee was Kiss the Girl. <laughs> Huh. Sure. Not both even Sebastian songs. Yeah, sure. both Sebastian song. songs. Yeah. Um, a song called After All from the film Chances Are. This doesn't exist. This does not exist. Um, no. Those I, are both phrases. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I Love to See You Smile, which is a Randy Newman song from the film Parenthood. Huh. Great. And Parenthood. Yeah, right? Wow. That movie. Right? And then The Girl Who Used to Be Me from a film called Shirley Valentine. 
you know. Bunch of nothing. What yeah. a weird year. What a weird year. <laughs> so, yeah. I know. So, of course, they gave it to, yeah, again, Under the Sea. Whatever. Under the Sea is a bop. I'll give it that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a classic. It's iconic. It gets you, it gets you up and grooving. Gets you up and it's moving. A- um, I, I do love that little seahorse with a ruff. Who works yes. in the palace of King Triton? What an icon! I that love little him. twink, big fan. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. um, I love but, him. but yes, we, we get this. But yeah, no, so we get this opening number. The daughters of Triton. Uh, dude's been fucking a lot. I guess he's got like. Well, that's, you know, we had this discussion because they all look like they have a little bit different fish stuff going on. Sure. You know, with the like hats and stuff. Yes. And then we're like, so wait, wait how? And I was like, well, how do mush? How do mermaids fuck? And like. You know, but if they're and and we were, you know, discussing that my spouse and I for a bit. And then I realized that like, you know, most fish don't fuck. They just like spray sperm and eggs out in the water. Right. Yes. And then they, you know, off on their own. So maybe it's one of those things. Right. But they have nipples. So like they have have breasts and nipples. So, you know, there's a lot of questions. There's a lot to dig into with mermaid culture. You're absolutely right. (laughs) (laughs) And we don't have the time to. Gosh. For our after it. dark podcast, it's, it is. Um, but no, so right, you are, Bran. Um, the top of this film, I think Ariel is. You know, she's an anthropologist. She yes. is a deep. She's not just like a young woman, like looking for love. She is just deeply fascinated by the world of the humans. It yeah. is. It is. A, it's a literal outsider story, right? It's yes. a woman aspiring to find a world outside of her own. Right. Yep. Because That's she's never good. felt at home in her own. It's beautiful. It's yeah. so good. Yeah. She misses out on her her debut into society because she's too busy digging through wreckage. Yeah. She almost gets bitten off by a shark, which would yes. suck. I have a I have a I have a note here that says, "Okay, sharks, the Pluto goofy debate, can the shark be reasoned with?" Does the oh. shark have speech? Because some of the other animals can also, some of the sea creatures talk, some of this them don't. This is true. Most of them, I would say. What yeah. is the difference? Can they reason with that shark or is it? Does is, it have a soul? Is it having well, a psychotic break? Well, remember yeah. friends, a shark is a mammal. So <gasps> maybe what? mammals, yes. undersea mammals cannot uh, talk. What? Uh, what do you mean what? Sharks <laughs> aren't mammals. Yes, they are. Are they not? Aren't they? Sharks no, are fish. dolphins are dolphins are sharks are not mammals. I'm looking this up right now. Sharks are, you, are mammals? They're not porpoises. <laughs> what the fuck is then what where am I getting my aquatic information from? Sharks are ancient. Okay. <laughs> sharks are older than dinosaurs, baby. They're like the, crocodiles now. www.activewild.com oh says it, sharks got, are I, fish. I was making a terrible assumption and was equating sharks with dolphins. Sharks are fish, and fish, <laughs> as we learned in the Nemo on yeah. Patreon, are friends. Not food. <laughs> Not food. Wow. Can't wait for everyone to drag me for fucking saying that a shark is a <laughs> mammal. Look, I was, like, waiting for it to be a bit. I, <laughs> you, know what, you know what, Brand? It was a bit. You're absolutely right. right there you go. <laughs> yeah, it was. We were go, all it was a in failed on it. bit, not misinformation. Yeah, absolutely. We, we don't lie on this podcast. That is not our <laughs> M.O. Um, but no, uh, so, but Ariel finds a fork, uh, or a dinglehopper, if you will. Um, I will. 
and then introduces us to, I don't know, one of the greatest characters ever written, uh, Scuttle. Scuttle! <laughs> really? Yes, <laughs> yeah, I love what, that bird. Who's like, let's put Buddy Hackett as a bird? <laughs> <laughs> what a bizarre... I mean, it works. It's pretty great. Listen, it pays off. Listen, they got Buddy Hackett, and then they got Gilbert Gottfried as a bird. Yeah. Um... Gosh, I don't Good know. Tradition. They got uh, fucking Bobcat Goldthwait as a demon. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. They the weird history of putting like obscure comedians <laughs> into the Strange. the background of Disney yes. movies. Um, <laughs> Third tier character. You yes. Know? Who yeah. knows? Whatever. Scott. I, I think Scuttle rules. I don't know. Scuttle's pretty funny. I love him. Wow, what a swim! I quote him <laughs> more often than I think any other character in this movie, and I have this whole movie memorized. Yeah. How many times have you seen this movie, Bianca? Um, I have seen this movie, um, a, a conservative estimate, probably 750,000 times. Great. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that seems light. That seems like a, yeah. a light. Yeah. No, and I, and I can, I can feel right now, everybody who was like, I wanted to do this episode is like 750,000. That's nothing. And I just want to say, um, I'm sorry, but I'm daddy's favorite. And that's why I got to miss the recital. <laughs> <laughs> Um, That's fair. Um, this, I mean, this, I, Bianca, this is a movie kind of about daddy issues. Yes, which again, my field of expertise. <laughs> so I, I was about to say, I, didn't, I, didn't, I don't know how much, I didn't want to dig into it, but you know, it kind of came up. Look, it just it just happens to be a movie about daddy issues. There's like, there's also the untouched mommy issues because she is uh, uh, not with us. Sure. In this film, um, uh, and and they we'll get into this when we get into the musical, but they sure mention it a little more there, which is fun. Um, but uh, but yeah, this is a this is a movie about daddy issues. Like the line, "But daddy, I love him," is iconic. <laughs> um, and everyone being, I, I also have this written down. This is uh, I know that I came in to talk about Shrek earnestly as a bit. You really um, did. Um, but I am here to talk about The Little Mermaid earnestly from the bottom of my heart. Not as a bit. Not a bit. <laughs> yeah, as well you should. I I love this movie, and I love this movie for a multitude of reasons. But like whenever, now, you know, the thing is like when she's like, I'm not 16 anymore. I'm not a child. Or I'm 16 now. I'm not a child anymore. And everyone's like, but you are a child. I'm like, yeah, I yeah, she is a child, but like she's also still like a person. Yeah. Probably treated with respect. And also like. We expect 18-year-olds to know what they want to do with the rest of their lives, and we let them take out thousands upon thousands of dollars in loans. <laughs> we let so, them go murder people across the world. Absolutely. This so it's got, you got it one or the other. One or the it's other. one or the other. Yeah, financial disaster or complete moral Light depra genocide. depravity. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yep. What a society we live in. We live in a society. Um, we do. Speaking of uh, horrifying uh, acts of uh, garbage, uh, Ursula. Um, Ursula is uh, cool, great, amazing, yep. modeled, modeled after Divine, the, yep. the, <laughs> the wonderful drag performer Divine, uh, who we talked about extensively in in our hairspray episode mm -hmm. um but i mean what I, I i don't i feel like i think divine must have passed away before this movie came out yeah i think it was about it was around that same time uh yeah yeah she yeah uh divine passed away in 1988 so yeah a year Ooh, before yeah. this film's release go. um but because it would have been great for Divine to actually voice Ursula. But I mean, uh, God, what, what's her face? Uh, Pat, Pat Carroll 
is incredible. Like oh. just, yes. like, I mean, oh, like, so I mean, from a design perspective, just like the purple skin, mm-hmm. the white flowing hair, just the beautiful, just like figure and mm-hmm. tentacles and all that shit. And just the way, I mean, because again, this She's got such a butt. She yes. is like a real booty. Real good butt. Real mm-hmm. good butt. Real good butt. <laughs> just that's it. That's all this. But no, I mean, it's like, because this was like the last uh, Disney film uh, they made, like before they switched over to like digital color correcting. So like this was yeah. like, this was like the super hand drawn, if you will. And like, you can, again, that's, you can tell. It's just like yeah. this, it's kind of a roughness to mm-hmm. the animation. Like, mm-hmm. if, especially like if you like look at this compared to like Beauty and the Beast, which mm-hmm. was like the next like Disney Renaissance musical, that one looks like a lot more sort of like tidy and cleaned up, yeah, which again, it's, it's kind smooth. of why I was like wrestling with this one. Cause I'm like, I just, I, I love how grimy it yes, looks. Yeah. It gives it so much character. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. It feels so like like grainy and like seedy and just like it just feels like it's like little barnacles all over the movie. <laughs> yes, but and yeah. it's, it's also like ridiculous to like think about like you have a scene with like King Triton, uh, mm-hmm. voiced voiced by Kenneth Mars, who played the Nazi in the film of the producers, which is <gasps> ridiculous to think about. Um, Wild, but. He's like in a scene where he's like talking to Sebastian and his beard is just like moving beautifully, like as a beard would underwater. And it's like a human being hand drew frame by frame how that beard would move through water. And now Mm -hmm. these days you just have a fucking like CG film that where you program it and the computer tells the beard how to move through the water. It's just like they don't even program it. It's an algorithm. Yeah, exactly. Like math, like just the absolute artistry on display of just like hand drawing just every single detail, and not just like hand drawing every detail, but doing it just like really well and really beautifully. It's so good that first shot of Ariel like poking up over the and like over the little the broken mast and like her hair like floating up and down. It's gorgeous. It's so. Good. This film is mm-hmm. filled with good shots. Which oh, is yeah. yes, it's it's really good. Um, so yeah, part of and so yeah, Ursula rules. We'll talk about her in a second when we get to her song. But sure. part of like part of your world. So part <sighs> of your world um, is not like somewhere that's green. There is like one like melodic phrase that is very similar. Uh, where the the da 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 da. Part of your world somewhere that's green like that. Is similar. Yeah, the hook of the song. <laughs> <laughs> like, another fish pun, another fish pun. Hooks. Fish hey, pun. hooks get fish. Uh, keep them coming. Keep, keep the chum coming. Keep the chum coming. Uh, but no, I like it's it's that it's that chord progression of the when's it my turn? Look, like, the thing I fucking sung at the top of this episode. When's it my turn? Da 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 da. But like that, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it does in the human brain, but yeah. it just like unlocks something emotionally that mm-hmm. is just so devastating and filled with such yearning that yes. like, I'm like genuinely like getting passionate about this because yes. I, yeah. I love this song it's- so much. And again, it isn't, it isn't Ariel. Like obviously the reprise is a little bit about her, like falling in love with hot guy, Eric, but like, 
the initial part of your world is, yeah, it's it's just a yearning for something beyond one's self. It's yes. very yeah. beautiful. It's very yeah. beautiful. It's like the idea, it feels the way, it, it sounds the way that it feels to think, one day I'm going to live in a city and there are going to be people who are like me. Yes. And I think it just, like, there's something about that that, like, resonates with all kinds of people, I'm sure. But, like, mm-hmm. specifically, <laughs> but, like, specifically with me, I was like, I was like, yes. I was like, that's going to mean something to me later. And I'll unpack <laughs> it when I'm older. Um, it's just so good. And, like, the way that the song starts with her being like, I just don't understand how he thinks that a world that makes such wonderful things could be bad, which like yeah. is such like a young optimistic view of the world, but also like is true. Like, like I, uh, I can't even, I, I'm going to get really emotional if I yeah. think about it too long. So I'm going to, I'm going to keep it short, but like the idea that like, yes, actually like we are, um, humans are filled with complexity and nuance. Um, but at the end of the day, I like to believe that we, want to be kind to each other mm-hmm. on like a very like small and individual level. And you can see that in the things that we make for each other and like the, 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 the things that we have, that we have created, like, like movies and, and yeah. musicals and, and podcasts and friendship. And like, <laughs> and then she sings this whole song about how she's like, one day, like I'm going to be somewhere and people are going to understand and look at the world the same way that I do. Mm-hmm. And that's beautiful. <laughs> It is. it is. No, I appreciate I appreciate that passion, Bianca. Um, and I just want to, like, again, I, I sort of spoke about the music and sort of the yearning in it and just the magical unlocking of whatever in your brain. Ashman's lyrics here, again, it's always weird to say that these two are underrated because they are two of the most successful songwriters sure. ever. Right. But I think <laughs> I, I, the lyrics in Part of Your World are just like, I, I just... I've got gadgets and gizmos aplenty. I've got who's it's and what's it's galore. You want thingamabobs? I've got 20. You got that rhyme. But I don't know. And then there's there's just really simple, clever artistry in this shit. Um, It's good. It's a good good. song. And I won't stand by for anyone who says otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very, very good song. I'll take you to court. That's it. Uh, (laughs) We were talking about um, watching this too, because I was having a conversation with somebody about Pocahontas the other day. Sure. And Mm -hmm. uh, which we won't be doing. No. Unless maybe one day they turn it into a stage show. This is awesome. Um, (laughs) This is awesome. Bad idea. But go on. (laughs) Um, But we were talking about like how there are, the songs are pretty good in. Pocahontas, like yes. especially like yeah. just around the river band, colors mm. of the wind, like, come on. But uh, lyrics wise, compared to Ashman, how like Ashman writes these songs that like rarely are, they're incredibly specific to the character, but Absolutely. she's not like, if I don't get away from my dad, whose name is Triton, you know, there's <laughs> never anything like that, which makes them so much more universal because yeah. they're not, they're, it's, it is about like a yearning and that's really the thesis of the song. And yes, this character is the one that's yearning. Whereas in Pocahontas, you have the line, should I marry Cocoa? Um, sure. Which is a 
bonkers lyric to write in a song. <laughs> Absolutely. Because then anybody ever singing that for any purpose has to say, should I marry Cocoum? And that's like obviously like a very pigeonholes all the lyrics of that song to be hyper specific. Yes. No. Uh, Ashman and Minkin never do that. No. no. I mean, and, and obviously we'll we'll dig into Stephen Schwartz when we talk about Hunchback later in the season. Mm, but sure. uh yeah, like so, like specifically, yeah, like she doesn't sing uh I hate Trident he's not nice um yeah but, but but you know she does sing betcha on land they understand bet they don't reprimand their daughters um like it's you're still getting like the like that relationship but yeah like it is i mean it is it is specific in the circumstance but in the actual specific like words being chosen there is mm-hmm. universality so yes. it's like it is obviously it is specific to how this character would say this and what this character is singing about but that it, yeah like you said yeah they're making the choice of broadening it so it is just a song um yeah. that mm-hmm. anyone can sing wherever um good song insane that it wasn't nominated for the oscar what the wild, wild. The, fact, the fact of the day for me really yeah. that's crazy <laughs> it's just um, at bonkers yes um then ariel saves eric from uh a sea wreckage a ship wreckage yes. another brilliant piece of little minkin music whatever the little uh, yes. like dancing song they're yeah. hanging out on the yeah. boat is like it's like a little accordion or or whatever the small it's like a, it's like squeeze a con- box it's a concertina yeah concertina there you go like that just like random little thing thrown in there is like an excellent little piece of music yes um again yeah again again men can can sometimes be very underrated with just the underscoring as well it's very good um they but ariel saves eric they wash up on shore scuttles listening to eric's foot it's like i can't make out a heartbeat you fucking idiot (laughs) (laughs) you stupid birds yeah dumb birds but then like the part of your, I think the part of your world reprise is also just like, it's such a little thing. Just again, of course, yeah. of, of course, her on the rock, oh. part of your world. The water comes up, crashes, boom. The shot. Literally, the yeah. shot. And that, that shot has been like copied in so many movies. Oh, like, yeah. it, yes. get, like and, and like in all of those like montages of like, you know, you get the, you get the swooping CG ballroom scene of Beauty and the Beast. You oh. get this shot with the water. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it is, it is hashtag iconic as the kids say. Um, yes. And then it yeah. pretty much goes right from this, right into Under the Sea. Yes. That's, yeah. that's yes. Again, again, again. The human world, it's, it's a mess. A mess. <laughs> he's not wrong. Not wrong, Sebastian. He's no, not wrong. He's got a point. Again, this is this is a tight 83 minutes, this film. Yeah. Fucking moves. Good. Oh, yeah. Not um, a wasted minute. No. Um, who is your who's your favorite fish in Under the Sea? Oh, um, uh, uh, oh, uh, the fluke is the Duke of Soul. That one's my favorite. Yes, <laughs> Coleman Hawkins. That's a like that the way he looks and like sure. his face and the little mustache. Coleman Hawkins is like a famous <laughs> jazz saxophone player that they're clearly modeling. He's great. On. He's gone. I love animals who have little instruments. I think that's yes. great. Yeah. Nothing is better. If you want to trap me, just give a little crab a little a little harmonica and I'll crawl right into that little box. I love it. <laughs> uh, but that, that, I mean, you do have the unfortunate like uh, the blackfish yeah. she sings line. Yes. That's like, hey, 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 I was like, come on, you have to do that. You one. gotta, <laughs> you gotta have that one in there. 
Um, but I do, and I do love the end of the song where they're like, "Yeah, big finish," and they're like all like gesturing to the rock, and she's just and she's gone. There. She's out um, of there. Just like Sebastian, just constantly like getting cucked in this movie Absolutely. for his job. <laughs> it's, it's so funny because I, I, I don't know how much you know. Lin Manuel Miranda uh, loves Sebastian. He loves that. Apparently, he that is his favorite like character in like at, at the very least in Disney cinema. Um, apparently, he relates to him a lot as a musician just trying to do his job, but the world is tugging God, at him. These teen girls keep getting in his way. <laughs> you either die a hero, <laughs> or you live long enough to see yourself. Compared to Sebastian <laughs> from The Little Mermaid. I just felt that that was appropriate to throw in there. Um, no, thank, thank you. No, you But then, right. yeah, then she runs. Oh, no. So then this we is. We missed the big statue, this unveiling well, this of a is, giant oh, marble sure. statue well, on the deck of a boat. Oh, right. Right, right, right. Which is a great character moment for Eric because he gets a sliver of personality because Grimsby's like, here's this huge statue of you. And he's like, this is the worst gift I've ever received. Yeah, he says Grimsby, old beanpole. What the I fuck is that? I wrote that down too. <laughs> yes. um, no, you're absolutely, thank you. Yes, you're absolutely right because then the statue falls to the bottom of the ocean and it joins, uh, it becomes part of Ariel's human grotto. Or maybe he, Flounder moved it in there somehow. He's Fla- like, look at this. I gotcha. <laughs> Flounder's a tiny little fellow. Yeah. Um, I don't know what he could do. Um, but then uh, Triton discovers the grotto, discovers mm-hmm. that Ariel. Ariel's in love with a human. Mm. And I listen, I get it. I would if I was a sea creature in a in an environment being polluted and mm-hmm. destroyed by humans who were taking my fish friends and eating them, yeah, I probably wouldn't like them either. No. I no, understand. And I, this appears to be taking place in like peak whaling time yes. also. Ooh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like maybe that's what Eric and them are out there doing all the time. Probably. Oh, yeah. Oh, probably. Um, and like, you know, I wrote down in all caps, grief never leaves us because like that is the main, which is like, which is like, again, am I reading too much into the source material? Always. But like King Triton's anger at Ariel is not just because he's like an overprotective father, but like he's also like a grieving husband. His wife died, presumably at the hands of these people. And now his daughter, who canonically reminds him the most of his dead wife is like, I want to go be with them. Yeah. And he's like, yoinks. I mean, because is that textual in the film at all? Or is that just in the movie? And, Cause I feel like the movie does, or in the musical rather, cause I feel like the movie does not mention. There's not a mom. lot. Of, I don't remember there being a lot of mom stuff in the film. Yeah. I think that's mainly added for the stage yes. show. I think, I think yeah. Bianca is just throwing some got subtext. It, it, in just there. throwing some subtext in there. Just I'm doing I'm, some psychology. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm actively <laughs> writing fan fiction while I'm on your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is this is I mean so this is based on so of course uh, neglected to say this is based on the Hans Christian Andersen oh yes fairy tale from mm-hmm. 1837. Mm-hmm. Um, so one can presume that this is taking place in Denmark. Yes, yes, I like, think so. Are we presuming that this is like taking place? In the 1800s in Denmark, is that kind of what we're thinking? Yeah, yeah that feels right. It feels sure. like, it feels like the things that we see in the human world match up with that that yeah. time period. 
Yes. Um, but yeah, so he get Triton gets big mad and big destroys man. all the human shit and leaves Ariel distraught. And I get it as well from Ariel's perspective. Dad ruined my room. Fuck is yes. wrong with you? The like the the I wrote it down. The destruction of her personal property is absolutely devastating. It is just such like a violation of privacy. It's like there. It's like it's like having someone come in and like rip all the pages out of your notebook and then yeah. like, love isn't real. Later, loser. <laughs> but it's your dad. <laughs> Gosh, your big muscular father. Your um, big hot dad. Hot fish dad. Hot, hot fish, fish dad. dad. <laughs> um, but then uh, Flotsam and Jetsam, these creepy fucking eels, show up and they're like, yeah, we'll, we'll help you out, Ariel. And she's like, okay. okay. <laughs> so willing to go along with them. Mm-hmm. And then we get to poor unfortunate souls, which Ugh. again, Another okay, so best best Disney villain song. Is this what we're saying? It's up there. It's up there. It's the best one. It's It's up there. It it is it is the best one. I think (laughs) this is controversial. I think the villain song in The Lion King two is a close second. (laughs) But I (laughs) (laughs) good good choice. Thank you. Thank you. I cannot think of the name of it right now, but it is a banger. Um, but I think that this is easily one of the best Disney villain songs. It's so it's so good. It does exactly what it needs to in the right amount of time. Yes. Yeah. And again, just like so lyrically perfect to yes. Ursula as a character. Yes. Um, it is the perfect mix of like character and exposition and just like packing in just like all of this information and a song that yeah musically makes sense for this vil- this villainous character um yeah and it's just animated beautifully i don't know mm-hmm. yes. um sucks for those little uh mermaids who are turned into well like fucking little ash little, cr- little ash shrimpy figures Ugh. yeah i don't know what little wormy yeah, yeah real, scary. Guys. real scary not good don't like yeah, don't underestimate the importance of body, body language. language. Ha! <laughs> uh, classic. Um, A classic. Whenever, whenever I used to go to sidetrack, mm. uh, the popular the popular gay bar in what uh, is colloquially <laughs> known as Boys Town. I think it's technically <laughs> called North Halstead now, but who gives a now shit? Now it is. What a stupid Whatever. name. Stupid. Says who? Who gives a shit? Um, but I, I would go there for Musical Mondays, because of course I would. Of course uh, you do. And, yes. and this was a very popular song for people to oh, sing yeah. along to. Uh, oh, yeah. And that body language line was one that was sang- spoken along with often. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, it's a good one. That one, good and, one, and and life's full of tough choices. In that, I say that one <laughs> in that too. In that, in that, it's okay, just I, so good. The, I love just the close up on her mouth when she says your voice. Mm-hmm. Oh, shivers. it's so satisfying. Shivers. Mm-hmm. Um, so then uh, Ariel trades in her voice for legs. Mm. Um, so she can try and get with uh, Eric. Uh, mm-hmm. She's got three days for a true love kiss. Um, and if not, then her soul will be taken. Um, I think Ariel, I mean, obviously the animation in this film is just lovely. Yes. Um, but like, I do love the animation for Silent Ariel. I think she has, there's a lot of character yeah. um, mm-hmm. given to her. Obviously, yeah. she kind of looks like Olivia Newton-John. 
Sure. Her face, like right when it's like when she's when she like wakes up or whatever, and she's on the beach, and there's like a, like a straight on shot of her face. I was like, you really look like Olivia Newton-John <laughs> with red hair. Weird. Good for you. Yeah, you did it. You did it. Good job. Um, but then yeah, Sebastian. Uh, Sebastian's just fucking playing babysitter for this movie, and <laughs> is like seeing yes. what the fuck's going on. And then yeah, so we get to uh, Bran. What you were alluding to before, a song that Alan Menken. And Ashman would use again in their next feature. So the song is Le Poisson, uh, which this uh, chef voiced by René Abogenois uh, sings. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's Be Our Guest. The song is Be Our Guest. Of course. Yeah, pretty much. Yes. And especially like in the musical, when they go into like the reprise or whatever, yeah. like mm-hmm. on the, in the stage version, it's just straight up be our guest yeah. with different lyrics. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. the normal version in the movie is like close, but not as much as that like second half in the musical. Oh but, boy. But also, I think, again, going along with sort of the previously alluded to chaotic nature of this film, just the fact that Le Poisson is a number in this yeah, movie is ridiculous. It's one of like five songs. Yeah, there's yeah. not that many songs in this movie. <laughs> they were, yeah, they were just like, let's get a fucking weird, like, charm song for this maniacal French chef in this movie. Yeah. Um, totally normal French chef. I mean, it's a little weird he, like, sings to himself about <laughs> killing, like, cooking, but, like, he's not doing anything maniacal unless you're the, from the point unless of view of the crab, I guess. But you right. are from the point of view of I the know. crab. Sure. That's the thing. I know. I And look, I sing little songs to keep myself on task. Oh, Absolutely. Sure. Of course, I can't blame him for that. I'm going to sing it to the burger I'm going to cook after we record this episode. Absolutely. Oh, my God. (laughs) Good. As well, you should. Um, It's really bizarre and feels very out of character for Alan Menken, and I wonder if this was, like, a studio thing or was, like, something they had already started animating or something. But, like, right after Le Poisson, it's just can-cam from Orpheus in the Underworld. Is that whole underscoring... for that like chase sequence yeah. with the chef and that's like it feels pretty rare for Minkin to just be quoting a classical a, another piece, composer yeah. yeah you know i thought that was odd <sighs> yeah it, it is it, it, it is odd um i i have no explanation for you um, Great. yeah i don't so, have any answers this is a I, fever dream we all had it yeah th- i will mm-hmm. say I, I did actually forget to bring this up so jeffrey katzenberg initially didn't want to make the little mermaid because Smash had just come out. Smash, Jesus Christ. Smash! <laughs> Smash! <laughs> because Splash had just come out a few years earlier under the under the Disney banner. Um, technically under Touchstone, but the same company, essentially. And so they were like, we already did a mermaid movie. We don't want to do another mermaid movie. Um, and boy, was were they wrong. Um, this would clearly become more of a cultural touchstone than yeah. Ron Howard's and make a lot splash. more money. Absolutely. Oh, this thing, mate, did gangbusters. It fucking yeah. aced at the box office. Um, but then this movie gets so fucking horny because it's just like kiss. The movie's literally kiss. just like kiss, kiss the girl, which again is a very fun sequence. Um, I love Scuttle's mm-hmm. idiotic like interruptions of him trying to sing, yes. and then like the flamingos like 
crushing him crushing down. Crushing him. Like, yes. the I like that up. other flamingo that leans in and is just like, to ask her. Yes. Just like some like sexy, smooth voice flamingo yes. like, singing a desk cant. That's very little, good. I love the little frogs. That, oh, yeah, the little tadpoles yes. jumping. I like I those guys, love, too. I, I love at the very end of the song, uh, it's, it's literally just like Eric and Ariel are like about to kiss. And it's like just these fucking animals just like, you fucking kiss. You fucking kiss. Do it. They're, just Do like, it. they're just like right on the they're edge. Like literally just like kissing <laughs> in their ears and stuff. Bizarre. Yeah, they're just going Bizarre. like. Yeah, it's. Too much pressure. <laughs> yeah, there's, like, there's the ducks with their mouths open like. It's like, terrifying. Everyone's horned out of their mind in the song. There is and I like how so much on the line. Yes. We cut back to Ursula right after this. She's like, that little tramp. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, you told her to do it. Yeah, like, this was your fucking bet. This is your idea. This is your idea. Is this after we have, we see the little bit, I think this is, I think right before this maybe, is those, like, the two, like, bitchy laundry women who are like, oh, yeah, there's plenty of ladies here in town he could marry, but he's got to come and get this new girl get this off the beach. Weird fish girl out of the ocean. I did write that down. I said, it is a real rich person move, TBH, like, to just be like, I found this girl on the beach, and now she's going to live in our house. Is that okay? And everyone's yeah, like, totally. well, I guess. What are we going to say? I... No. <laughs> yeah. You'll just banish me like you did to Susan. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the old cook who we loved and was normal. Yeah. So, so Ariel wakes up, yes. unkissed, uh, and sh- oh no. Eric has found another woman. Wasn't it Vanessa? Vanessa. Yes. Okay, but there's such there's such a good moment right before she wakes up where where Grimsby is like where Eric is like playing the the flute outside by yes. himself, which I love. He's like he's like doo 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 Um, and Grimsby's like Grimsby's like you know maybe you should stop chasing this dream girl because there is a literal real girl in the house who you pulled out of the ocean. And he's like you know what? And then he just throws his flute. He's like, waste <laughs> of a good flute. I know. He's like, and it makes it's my favorite. It's my favorite detail because they didn't have to do this, but they they put in the movie the sound that the flute would make as it flies. Into the <laughs> yeah. ocean. It's like yeah, it's like, yeah. It's like no one's blowing into that. It's not making that noise. It doesn't seem like a very windy day. It's so good. And then he's like, he's like, I've made my decision. I do love Ariel, and I'm going to stop chasing this dream girl, and I'm going to go tell her. And then he turns, and then Vanessa arrives on the beach, and I scream every time. It's so good. <laughs> oh my gosh, uh, yeah, it is good. You are right, but yeah, but. And and she, it's, but obviously it's Ursula. Of course. Um, so, but and with the with the voice of Ariel, and so oh no, they're gonna get married, and Ariel's real sad, and they're gonna get married on this boat with a priest with a boner. It's the famous boner priest. Boner priest. Is it gone? I didn't. We. I was trying to catch it, and I totally I, missed it watching I, it. I, I missed think it it's too. Gone. I, I think it's gone. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's a boner. I think it was just like his knee or some shit. I don't know. It's a boner for sure. Like, watch the clip on YouTube. It's Clearly, of little boner. It's just Probably. a little one. It's just a little one. Everyone's a little a horny little at a wedding, boner. right? It's exciting. just like a half. They're chug. finally gonna kiss. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. Everyone's been. Where are all the fucking horny animals waiting for that kiss? Where? Why aren't they? They're at on the, the way. They're the Calvary. <laughs> um, but then yeah, we it's get. True. But then uh, yeah, scuttle. Scuttle saves the day, y'all. See, Scuttle yes. ain't so fucking useless after all. Can't, can't hear a heartbeat to save his life, but he knows that Vanessa's really Ursula. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. But then we get to this point where uh, Triton, like, finds out, and Triton, like, gives himself up to try and save Ariel. 
Um, uh, Ursula says this contract is legal, and I'm like, legal? <laughs> to who? You're an octopus lady. Fish law. Yeah. Fish law. We care about two things here, orchestra and contracts. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> but then, and then we get, so then Ursula, so I will say, my brother, my brother uh, was terrified of giant Ursula as a child. It's awesome. It's very cool. It's so cool. It's It's great. Yeah, it's fucking huge. And then the ship just like stabs her and she just comes and there's like this lightning just like coming out of her and then it's it's real good. It's it's real good. Yes. Um, But then, yeah, everything's great. Uh, Triton realizes that, yeah, Ariel, uh, she prefers being a human, whatever. Go fucking have sex, whatever. Sure, Um, right. Marry her off. Literally, the also, yeah. also, your new husband's on a boat all the time, so we will definitely see <laughs> yeah. each other. Right. You know exactly. what I mean? They're like, this is goodbye forever. Not like I live in a seaside castle <laughs> right. or anything. This is one of this 10 is, minutes away. <laughs> yeah. It's our special occasion out. boat. Yeah, well, we, they live on like, wedding boat. They live on like the fucking Dutch harbor. They're fine. Yeah, they're fine. <laughs> the, the Danish, Danish harbor. They're fine. And I'm there like, you you're all so close you. anyway. Clearly, we're all able to make it to the wedding. No problem. You'll be fine. And as we Jesus. all know in The Little Mermaid 2, which I'm sure we've all seen. Yeah. <laughs> they come right Ursula's crazy sister. Ursula's <laughs> crazy sister. Uh, I love it's this the movie. That one. And uh, I wrote down, I love this movie flawless, 10 out of 10. Uh, it's also this, the, end, this, the ending of this yeah. film. Yeah. The, it's Bachelor Tactics. The, because like. Uh, <laughs> it's Bachelor Tactics? Yeah, Bachelor Tactics. So on The Bachelor, when they want people to make a connection, they'll send them on a one-on-one date that has to do with adrenaline. So like zip lining or like flying a plane or like skydiving okay. or something. Oh. Because when you experience uh, when sure. you experience adrenaline with a person, you make a connection because you have yeah. these heightened emotions and you like associate them with this person. So they're going to be fine. If you like have faced a near death situation, you're very horny. Yeah, absolutely too. You're just like afterwards. relieved that you made it. You're oh, like, I'm we so happy boink. to be alive. I've got to create life. Yeah, you know? <laughs> and they do. <laughs> yes. So the Little Mermaid, uh, it's great. I think it's good I, movie. I I've, I've, and just in talking about it, I'm like, uh, is it that low tier? I don't know. That's, Ariel's plot yeah. is a bummer. Yeah, like, sure. it's a bummer that she just like goes from having this inner life to then like I think the next scene after she sees him, she's just picking flowers and going, "She lo- he loves me, she lo- he loves me not," you know, and sure. it's just a bummer. I wish they just I could because you could just with like a little zhuzhing, I feel like you could nail in the fact that like it's not just this guy; yeah. it's he represents escape, you yes. know, and he represents yeah. experiencing this new world. And they just they don't know. They're like, no, it's in love. It's a true love's kiss. Just kiss, you know. And then <laughs> right. it's, it becomes the plot of the movie. So just right. instead of her being like, kiss. I'm just so excited to be around human stuff and with this human man who's a conduit for the human stuff. So exciting! I love it. Can't wait. <laughs> yeah. Um. Before we move on to talking about the stage show, this is a little bit premature but i will still bring up our frequently recurring segments why did they make a live action version of this why the fuck did they make a live action version of this yay insert song here um did they so okay so again like i said this is premature they are making a live action oh, version of this. No. So it, they've like just wrapped filming about a month ago. So, yep. So Rob Marshall is directing The Little Mermaid uh, live action version. Uh, Rob Marshall, of course, uh, directed Chicago, 
mm-hmm. the movie um nine uh he also directed uh mary poppins returns Ooh. um and uh he also directed uh the into the woods film uh, mm. The Into the Woods movie. He's, he's, we'll talk about him quite a few times, uh, but yes, he's directing The Little Mermaid, um, a movie that should not be made. Um, this shouldn't be made. Um, Enough. No, thank you. Um, Calling it now? Not going to see it. Probably. Um, <laughs> s- I believe, uh, Lynn, uh, again, our buddy who just came up before, Lynn manuel Miranda, is going to be uh, writing some new songs with Alan Menken in collaboration with Alan Menken. Does... Um, does Disney know that there are other songwriters and composers of color? Do they no. know? No. Or did they just find they this not. one and they were like, we're good. We're good. That we one. We got it. That one. Um, so, and then, of course, uh, in the cast for this movie, um, they've got uh, up-and-comer uh, Halle Bailey as Ariel. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy Jonah Howard King as uh, Eric. Uh, Javier Bardem as King Triton. Hot fish Hell dad. yeah. Hot fish dad. Ah, <laughs> act- oh, fuck. Now I'm like, wow, Javier Bardem, though. Do you think um, they'll release a poster of him like a hang it in my room? Uh, probably. Probably. Yes. Um, so, and it, so it sounds like they're, so obviously they're going to have Who's like. playing Ursula? I'm going to get to it. Uh, so, okay. and also obviously we've got like CG animals, I guess is what's going to sure, happen. Sure. And, and they're going to look fucking atrocious because Disney likes yeah, to exploit their CGI houses. Um, mm-hmm. Make fuck. them just look God awful. Yep. Uh, so David Diggs is Sebastian. Oh, well, okay. Yeah. That's good. Uh, Jacob Tremblay is Flounder, <laughs> which I okay. think, More I, think fish boys. In, I think that's inspired casting, if I say so myself. Um, yeah, he's another fish boy. He was in Luca as a fish boy, so he's Luca another fish, fish boy. boy. Um, Scuttle is, of course, uh, contemporary, uh, the contemporary version of Buddy Hackett, Aquafina. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that makes sense. That yeah, tracks. for sure, for sure. That's um, a one-to-one. Okay. And then Ursula is Melissa McCarthy, which, okay. you know, it's, listen, you know, I think it's, as with all of these fucking live action adaptations, I, I think it's garbage. I think there is just like a complete lack of curiosity and creativity. Yeah. That's what it is. Um, and uh, uh, whatever. Who knows? Who yeah. knows? Could be. Who knows? Um, Should have cast Lucy Stuhl. Yes. That's my stunt casting Ooh, for Ursula. that's a good one. There you go. Um, but, yeah, so, but, but, T- they've already tried to make a live-action version yep. of The Little Mermaid, and it's called The Little Mermaid, the Broadway musical, uh... Came to the stage in 2008. Yes. And they also did that weird thing in like, was oh, it like 2019? Right. The Live? They did. Yeah. Yes, yes, like they Queen did. Shaggy as I Sebastian I is brilliant. I didn't casting. want you to bring this up, but yes, oh, no. they did. Oh, I did. It's I'm fine. glad that you did. I it, just, I, it's so weird. It's so. Uh, John Stamos as the Le Poisson guy? Yes. Yep. <sighs> yes. And, maniacal. And maniacal. Maniacal. Queen, Shaggy, Queen, though. Queen Latifah as Ursula is inspired. It's good. That's yeah, good. That's good. I they would have loved to see that in the actual... The exactly. Yes. Yeah. Um, like, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Um, Little Mermaid, the musical. The stage musical. Um, so, we talked about Julie Taymor a few weeks ago as this sort of, like, avant-garde puppet theater, mask theater director. And so they were like, for this one, they're like, okay, great. So actually, initially, they were working on this with Matthew Bourne, who uh, was a, 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 works in the world of ballet. 
as the director choreographer. So Ooh. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, yeah. sure. sort of a more ballet take on the material. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were creative differences, so he left. Uh, and then they brought on Francesca Zambello, um, who is an opera director. Again, like, okay, sure. the world of opera, the world of, like, highly theatrical spectacle. spectacle. Yep. Yes, she is the director of the famous Glimmerglass Festival in oh. Co- Yeah. So hmm. like she like she ain't just nobody. It's like no, oh, not at all. Yeah. So it's like okay, let, let's do this. So she her big decision was no water, no wires, and no flying. And it's like okay. Hmm. <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> well, they went back on some of that. Yes. Well. So. Yes. Um. So it was a lot of sort like of like quite a bit of flying. Yeah. Well. Yeah. There's all that, like, translucent material. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, it's... I think the issue with The Little Mermaid, and we're going to, like, more get to the adaptation, but, of course, like, the production, like, informs a lot of, like, how they wrote the thing. Um, It kind of feels like they were trying to, like, have their cake and eat it, too, right? It sounded like they're both trying to get a little bit of that literalism of Beauty and the Beast but also trying to take a little bit of an artistic take and, like, trying to be a little bit more sort of, like, impressed. Like, I think about fucking, like, Sebastian's costume, uh, played in original Broadway by the wonderful Titus Burgess, um, who, if you listen to that original Broadway cast recording, sings the hell out of the song. Oh, man. So good. Who even knew you could sing Under the Sea so high, so well? You know, it's great. It's great. Dude, it's so good. Remy the Ratatouille himself, Titus Burgess. Uh, Just (laughs) wonderful. Um, But... Uh, but then, so you have, like, his costume where it's, like, kind of, like, a red tuxedo, and but then, like, he has some, like, and, like red hands, but then he's wearing, like, a red top hat with googly eyes on it, and it's like, mm-hmm. the fuck is this? The fuck I don't is know. this? It's weird. I, I got, his works the most for me, I think. Sure, but then, like, Flounder's just, like... A kid in a yellow t-shirt. In a shirt. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. <laughs> it's like, what is happening? <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so that it's strange. So and then of course the aforementioned Heelys. Mm. How are they gonna move on stage? They got your little your little sneakers with your wheels yeah, in them. Because the the mermaids all have like tails right. that are like yeah. all part of like these dresses things, these like pant dresses that are supposed to just kind of look like water and kind of look like the like scales, you yeah. know, like the bluish tealish scales. And then, yeah, to make them like sort of seem like they're swimming and not just walking. <sighs> yeah. They got glide. It yeah. They called them. Yeah. Mer- they called them merblades. Was no. they, merblades. What they, what they affectionately That's called them. <laughs> um, That's funny. And like, listen, again, I get it. It is a creative. Yeah. It's a problem to solve. That is the magic of theater. It's all about problem solving. How do we yes. put mermaids on stage? Mm-hmm. Healy's just kind of look a little bit silly. They just, yeah. they do. They do. Like, I, mm-hmm. I could, like, if not done well, and it doesn't sound like they were done well. Um, but I get it. It's fucking hard to put mermaids on stage. Yeah. I don't blame them. No, it's a tricky situation, and I don't have any solutions, but I'm also not <laughs> trying to adapt the Little Mermaid for the stage, so it's not my problem yeah. to solve. It's true. <laughs> this is true. Um, so the book for The Little Mermaid was adapted by Doug Wright, who has come up before on this podcast because he wrote the book for Grey Gardens. Um, mm. I'd say this mm. is maybe 
uh, not as good as a book of a book as uh, as that musical. I'm that surprises me. <laughs> go out on a limb, if I will. Um, but then, so we've got a lot of new songs. There are yeah. so yeah. many new songs in this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Alan Menken uh, and his sort of his new lyricist, Glenn Slater. I'm surprised this is the first time this guy's come up. So mm. Glenn Slater, yeah, sort of became the new de facto lyric writing partner with Alan Menken for the most part. There'd be like some projects where they wouldn't work on together, but like he wrote lyrics for uh, with Alan Menken for Home on the Range, everyone's favorite Disney film. Of course. Uh, he wrote a music for... Again, he's actually written lyrics for a lot of shows we're going to cover on this podcast, including Sister Act and Leap of Faith and School of Rock. <gasps> uh, obviously, that one was with Andrew Lloyd Webber, but... Sure. Um, yeah, but yeah, he sort of became the new sort of de facto lyric writing partner with Alan Menken. Um, oh. He ain't no Howard Ashman. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to like, say. That's, that's what you can really say about... Uh, our buddy Glenn Slater. Um, but like, I mean, I don't know, y'all. What do we, what do we think of the new songs that they wrote for the stage adaptation of The Little Mermaid? She's in Love is like almost a good song, yes. but it's not. Yes. Yeah. It like at one point I was like, oh, maybe I like this. I was like, no, no, it's not very good actually. I I will be honest with you. I listened Please. to the soundtrack of The Little Mermaid. Broadway musical. I listen to it a lot. I have listened to this musical soundtrack oh, over wow. and over again because, again, I, as I mentioned before, this is a core part of my personality. Is of loving course, this film. yes. Um, so I, I when it when it came out, I was like so jazzed. But today, I listened to it again through the lens of like uh, uh, high school production and the sure. idea, the idea <laughs> of like. <laughs> Of being a high school theater teacher and being like, finally, a way that I can pit all of my students against each other. Um, it's just written <laughs> right in front of me. It is the straight, they make the strangest choices. Um, I will also say, I will admit this. I will also be honest here. This is a place of vulnerability. I, for a very long time, wanted my first dance at my wedding to be to One Step Closer because I thought it was the sweetest song in the world. I also thought I was a girl and into men, so you're going to have to cut me some slack. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know any better. Uh, We're working on that. Now it's the theme to House Moving Castle. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) That is fair. Um, Yeah, y'all, I don't know. Uh, It's... Here's my. What's, what's Ursula's other song? Well, so okay, okay. Well, that's, so this is the thing. This is the thing. She gets some fucking like I want the old times back, like mm-hmm. cabaret number. But then like there was a rev- uh, there was a little bit of a revision like mm-hmm. before before they like really like released the licensing. So now it's some song called Daddy's Little Angel, which still isn't oh. good, but no. it's like I guess is better. Um, here's my issue with the Little Mermaid, uh, the stage musical. Like a lot of the shows we talk about um it is being adapted from a 83 minute film it is tight it is clean it is perfect uh the economy of storytelling is a literal chef's kiss from that fucking le poisson guy um you get so if you're gonna adapt it like you gotta like lion king Mm. They're investing in the story, in the folklore, to sort of build out from that, from the themes of that, to add in material for that extra running time. The Little Mermaid solution, because again, we are an adaptation podcast, so we're talking about, like, what the fuck they added to this thing. Um, There's so much lore 
There's so <sighs> much added, like, I mean, it's added mythology and backstory and just so many care. extra elements that don't add Anything. They don't add I don't, anything. I don't care. You know what they add a lot of is fucking runtime. Yes. It's way too long, as always. Yes. It's like two hours and 30 minutes or something. Yeah. It's too long. Too long. Like, I don't care that Ursula is Triton's sister and apparently he killed Ariel's mom. I don't care. Yeah, I, don't that, care. I don't care that Ursula has a magic clamshell that gives oh, her that all of her magic. Houses her life force? No, yes. I don't need any of that shit. And Given I'm... to her by Poseidon? Yeah. yeah. Their dad? <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. Great. It takes up too much time. I don't care. I will say this. I yes. did love I did love the addition of banter from Ariel's sisters because of that sure. was really funny to me. And again, in the context of the high school theater directing this play, like you all <laughs> thought you were going to play Ariel and now you're going to play her sisters. And yes. now you get to come on stage and talk about how much you hate Ariel because you're 17, you don't know any better. Um, <laughs> yeah. weird, weird choice to be like, oh, we'll just throw in this, this through line where Flounder has a crush on Ariel. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Here's the thing. <laughs> it's deranged. It's, it's a, deranged. A, it's, it's a diabolical choice and adaptation <laughs> to make Flounder horny for Ariel. What the strange. fuck are you doing? Especially since he's always played by a child. Yes. Yeah, well, they, like, up Even him weirder. to, like, a young teenager. But, like, okay. I, like, it's it's still, he's a fish. He's a fish. He's a, a fish. He's a fish child. Yes. I leave him alone. I wrote down, let Flounder be gay. Why do we have to do this? It's so un. Necessary. It's Why such a weird addition. Disney's not gay. You know, it's yes. the Disney not gays. He's oh, got yeah, it's, not a gay. it's a case of the not gays. Fucking he's just throwing, like, he's like, he's throwing like, oh. your heteronormativity on a fish of all on a things. Fish. He's a child. Leave him. Leave him. <laughs> it's so weird. It's because he's because he's always like it's he's always odd. like. Well, a, you could always stay here and marry somebody. I don't know from home. And it's like, what are you talking about? She's a princess. You're a fish. Princesses yeah, what don't the fuck do you think fishes. is gonna happen, you little yellow you little, weirdo? You little weirdo. <laughs> Literally, I was like, it's just so. And like at the end, he's like, he's like, he's like, well, maybe King Triton, you can let her live with the man that she loves. And there's like a line in the stage directions that's like, Ariel looks at him gratefully. And I was like, I was like, what is this? What are we trying to do here? Why? Why? Also, what a stage direction. You I need know. to put that Did in there. Like, in let there? the director do their what? job. Right. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Why do you let the actor make a choice? Okay. That got but again, editing. But Come on. Thinking about it from the perspective of a high school, I would absolutely cast Flounder as the boy who was clearly in love with Ariel and didn't, didn't oh. want to admit it. Like, I've, fun, juicy, great. That's the only way you can make that interesting for me, the one person who's going to be watching this show. This is a good narrative that we've developed here around this. I'm into it. It's how I got through listening to it again as an adult. I was like, this is <laughs> um, But yeah, I mean. There's I mean, so much yelling, too, it feels like. Yes. I feel yeah. like every character is yell, yelling their songs yeah. at every moment. It's not true. Like, not, not, not Sebastian, not, not the classic songs, but all the added ones. Sure. Ursula. The and like you know oh, the original Broadway cast I'm I think she's I don't know who played Ursula I don't uh, know Sherry Renee Scott. Sherry Renee Scotts oh it is Sherry Renee Scott yeah right. well she's very talented and yep. in this she's like yelling the yeah. whole time and not in like a it's just like yeah it feels like just forced because she has nothing else to do except for to yell her lines and the chef is just like yelling the whole time 
Too much yelling. <laughs> Too much yelling. There's it's either yelling or Triton making horrible water puns, like way there worse than any of the ones there we've so, done. Listen, you thought the puns in this episode were bad? No. Go fucking oh my go God. watch a production of The Little Mermaid. While Mermaids. you live under my reef, boo. Boo. <laughs> boo. She wasn't in her sea bed. It's like a serious moment, too. And he's like, she wasn't. And she didn't sleep in her sea bed last night. It's like, shut, like, the shut the fuck up. up. It's just a bed. <laughs> said she disappeared into thin water. No. 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 I do that's not even a pun. That's one, just stupid. There's one great line where Sebastian's like, Sebastian's like, <laughs> Sebastian's like, uh, surrounded by water, girl, and you still had to play with fire. And I was like, oh, oh my god. god. It also I was like, the- does suck. Like in the script, like it, his Jamaican accent is like phonetically written into mm-hmm. like some of his lines in the script. Yeah. Yes. Whoa, I did not know. Yes. That. It's rough. It's rough. It's, it's weird. Rough. It's rough. Um, also, other weird elements in adaptation outside of Flounder. I literally wrote down Flounder, stop having the hearts for Ariel. It's weird. It's um, weird. So Eric's turning 21. And so, okay, so again, looking at uh, adaptation. Adaptation, what works in film doesn't work on stage. Right. Um, obviously, giant Ursula, hard to do. And I guess also they just like couldn't really do the Vanessa shit. I don't know. Whatever. They they for whatever reason they were just like we can't do this or we don't want to do this. I don't know. Um so they have a singing contest. And this is even before this is and this is act one they decide they're gonna have a singing contest. Like yeah. it's so odd. It's a and, weird choice. And yes. I, I will I will say again. To just sprinkle in subtext and justify Please. everything in the source Please. material, it is a <laughs> it is a great narrative foil to have <laughs> to have King Triton be like, I don't understand you, and I'm not going to compromise with you. Instead, I'm going to force you to do what I want. And then to have Grimsby be like, Look, if you really want to marry this girl because of the sound of her voice fine we'll find a bunch of girls who you can marry and we'll have them sing for you and then will you please for the love of god just pick one of them and it's such a it's such a nice moment of of different parenting tactics um and it also easily solves the problem of like well we're not going to do projections because we spent all our budget on mer blades so i guess we can't have a giant the one the one good quote unquote thing about like now that it's available for licensing is like if there is a creative director who is willing to work with this less than good adaptation of the show I bet like maybe there's someone who can come up with an interesting design choice out there yeah. I don't know maybe there's a costume team that like has the an Paramount interesting in Aurora's their designs they do it it's almost all puppets oh really yeah That's they did smart. I didn't see it I but I saw a bunch of videos of it and so like it's it's like people wearing it's actually not that different, weirdly enough, than the Finding Nemo. Oh, really? Uh, cruise ship musical that you can find on our Patreon if you mm-hmm. go subscribe. Nice. Um, our bonus episode for this one, uh, and um, where they're like holding and uh, uh, Jeffrey Mooney, Jesse Mooney Bullock designed all the puppets. He's a brilliant um, like puppet designer uh, in the in the Midwest. And they're all like carved wood um, faces and stuff, but they're oh, cool. like Sebastian. Did you, are you looking some of them up? Yeah, they're really neat. I'm, I'm looking them did. up right now. They look very cool. Yeah, yeah. and they did. Lo- they did do some flying and uh, um, like and the sequence like 
for part of your world is like part of that's like on their YouTube channel. You can go find it. It's from a few years ago. Sure. But like it's really wonderful. And she like goes up to the the Paramount's this beautiful, huge oh, this, theater. This crab and she like is, shot up to this, the shoots up to the ceiling. It's beautiful. Look at this crab. I'm sure I'm pulling yeah, it's yes, very cool. It's, it's a crab. It's a great choice. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. That's really smart. It's very cool. Because like we talked about this a little bit in the very first episode with Shrek, and I and I wrote this down in the notes. But like you know, like when you're writing an adaptation of a musical, you you have to assume that the majority of people who are coming to see it are for name recognition. Like you're not making an adaptation of The Little Mermaid because sure. you're interested in exploring a new story. Although sure. apparently, sure. I guess that they <laughs> were. But like, so you you can you can you can fudge things a little bit and just like assume that the audience knows that they're yeah. not real mermaids. Yeah. Sure. And that there's just there's no way short of making it a water ballet to make them look like like full mermaids because they are like Mary Zimmerman's production of Little Mermaid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like she just has, she's like yes water, yes flying. Yes water, like, yes flying. Those are the only two roles is we're doing all of it in water. <laughs> in Lake Michigan. In Lake Michigan. Oh, can you imagine? Yes. Oh, that'd oh. Be weird. Um, Wild. Take it to the show. But shed. yeah, so they have the fucking singing contest and uh I don't know, whatever. Um sure. and also, she dances also, and wins his heart. Again, they I feel like they ruin Scuttle in this adaptation. Yes. Oh, they give not a, into his design no, in the original. No. Also, his song is garbage. It's They're bad. all bad. They're Both all of bad. Them are kind of bad. bad. So they cut human stuff. That's not in the, okay. right. the current version. So good riddance. Um, all right. Positive, yeah, not good either. Positivity is your fucking act two opener. And you're <laughs> stuck with it, buddy. <laughs> just, uh, it sucks so bad. I sent you that screenshot of my notes. I just wrote down toxic positivity. <laughs> I, <laughs> I hate that song. It's so bad. And yeah. it it sucks because like because Scuttle in the movie is so good. Yes. He's dumb, but yes. he's lovable and he cares about her and like he's he's not he's not a he's not an idiot. He just doesn't know what he's talking about. Sure. And like and like, you know, he has he's like kind of an idiot. He's kind of an idiot, but like a lovable idiot. And he's like he says some things like and he's very self aware in the movie. There's like that when he comes back at the end, he's like, I was flying. Of course I was flying. I was flying and I saw <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's very, very funny. Yes. Very funny stuff. And then of in this I was one flying. He's like, he's like, I hate him and I don't want him to be on stage and I think he's a bad friend. Go away. Go away. Also, it is, you know, it is odd to try and have a musical where in the entire second act, your main character cannot say a word. That is... Well, and it's such a cop out to have her sing to herself, I, know. I think. I think it's yeah. such a cop out. It really is. Because the opportunity... Again, if you were to do this correctly, if the dancing really matters that much, then you should yeah. get a really good dancer and have a really good dancer be Ariel so that in the second half, sure. the only way she can express herself is through dance. And that it ties all the way in if she's not able to talk, but she like, oh, I'm just now I'm just thinking. But now she suddenly has legs. <laughs> and so she gets to use them. And like yeah. that is her voice instead. If she does like a beauty, give me a they dream They kind of half asked that. Yeah. Yeah. They're it like, just it just doesn't work. It, it doesn't, doesn't work, work y'all. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm. Listen, I'm glad that we are post Merblades, post Heelys, and people can make interesting design choices with this thing. But Amen. like, yeah, I, they again. I think they kind of 
you know, they kind of fucked it up. They kind of, yeah. they just, they didn't, it didn't work. They, they, they flopped it. It's a stinker. It's a little bit of a yeah. stinker. It is. Uh, toxic positivity all around. <laughs> Very funny. <laughs> so it was a good bit, Bianca. I'm really Thank proud you of you. Yes. Um, Thank you so much. And yeah, I mean, it it didn't do well. It they it literally Beauty and the Beast close, and they're like, all right, we're gonna move Little Mermaid right in, and it's gonna be great. Didn't uh, they, and didn't they close Beauty and the Beast? I, so I think they closed so yes, as think, to do the Little Mermaid because they I were like, I think that whoops. is what happened. Yeah. Whoops, indeed. Whoops. whoops. Um, yeah, it opened, y'all, y'all, it opened January 2008 and closed August 2009. Yikes. That is, for a little... For Disney, for, that's rough. For Disney's Little Mermaid yeah. Broadway show, that is not good. No. No. So, what did they do? They were like, you know what? We're gonna stay away from the animated films for a while. And we're going to look at a live action film and see if we can bring that. And that's going to be next week's episode, which is on Newsies. But before we close things out, Bianca. Bianca ben. Phipps, Bianca Phipps. <laughs> Benke, Benke. At the end of every episode of Movie the Musical, we ask our guests a very important question. And today, and the question, not today's question, the question is... The question is... Bianca, if you could adapt any movie into a musical that has not been adapted already, what movie would you choose? <laughs> um, so I, I should have seen this coming because I've done this before, um, but I didn't. So I'm going to go with my first instinct, uh, which is, of course, there's no other option. Spy Kids 2, Island of Lost Dreams. <laughs> sure. <laughs> the Island of Lost Dreams! Yeah. Bring back Steve Buscemi. Uh, that movie is, if, if you want to talk about things that should not be translated uh, from the screen to the stage, let me start with this one. Um, Do you think God stays in heaven because he too fears what he has created is a banger line that's going to get a round of wow. applause every night. Sure. That's in that movie. Um, so, That's a great line. Yes, that is that is where that line is from. That is what was your pick um, when you were on before? Spy Kids. S <laughs> oh, okay, I thought so. <laughs> That's why I lost it. I was like, yeah. That's what I thought. Gosh. Just first instinct. Just why you, not? for Refuse consistency. Refuse to bring you stay. back for a third time. <laughs> you I got know. two more. Spy Kids 3D. <laughs> yeah. Game over. Is it game over? Is that it is. Spy Kids 3D. I game over. I saw Spy Kids 3D. In 3D. I mean, I Me had too. to. It was, it was Spike in 3D. Sure. Um, of course. There was no other option. I know you nope. had to. Uh, with Daryl Sabera. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Who is now a father. <laughs> Gosh. I, you know what? Again, speaking of... That's wild. Um, speaking of, like, horrific ways to interpret film stuff on stage. Yeah, I don't even know how the fuck you'd put the nightmares of spy kids 2 on stage no certainly not i mean like the the thumb thumbs alone from spy kids 1 would be so much of a challenge but like uh the entirety of spy kids 2 is just like steve buscemi's weird misfit creations and yeah. i think that you know there's a creative team out there who's really looking for a challenge <laughs> and they're gonna All have a good they... time with this one Oh, they're fans of Robert Rodriguez. Yeah, <laughs> Machete the Musical. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, Machete kills That'd the musical. Weird. Yeah, it would be very, very weird. Um, 
I don't know, Bianca. <laughs> you nailed it again. You, you did it again. Yeah, you, you brought chaos. Yeah, as always, you bring chaos to the pod. Thank you um, so much. It's, I can't believe it took us like so long to finally get you back. Um, oh, we'll I have, ha- yeah. I'm just happy to be here. Thanks for thanks for having me. Thank you oh for gifting gosh. me with this opportunity. I'm I'm really honored. I I know you are. Um, August. This is gonna drop at the end of August. Um, anything to plug? Anything to tell our listeners about? Oh yeah. Um, if you uh, enjoy my chaos on this podcast, um, boy howdy, do I have some good news for you? Um, I'm on another podcast. Uh, it is a uh, a real play sci fi D and D podcast called The Pod Has Been Cast. Uh, I play a non-binary android named Hart uh, who just wants to protect their friends. It's a good time. Fun, fun goofs, fun gags, uh, but a whole, lot of, a whole lot of soul, I would say. Fantastic. Uh, great. I guess I have to fucking do it. Also, buy Bianca's book. Oh Bianca my God, I'm a- so sorry. I do this every time. <laughs> and I, I just forget because it's been so long. Yes, you can also buy my book. I wrote a book of poems. Um, it's called Crown Noble. You can buy it um, on buttonpoetry.com. Or if you know me, IRL, you can buy it directly from me and I'll bring it to you and I'll even sign it or draw a little picture of a dog or a mermaid. <laughs> If you're so inclined. Nice. <laughs> that, you, you really should. I'm like, Bianca, you wrote a fucking book. I wrote a fucking book. book. I forgot I forgot about the book. I, I was so weird being like, being like, I wrote a book. Um, I wrote a book, and I'm no, proud fucking, of it. And you should buy shit. it. Um, we'll have you back. I don't know what <laughs> nonsense episode we'll have you back for. But I, but cannot... I hope it is a nonsense episode. It, it's guaranteed. Um, thank you. Um, I want to thank Bran Moorhead, as always, for producing and editing this show. I want to thank each and every one of you for listening. I want to thank Emily Harrington for our artwork. I want to thank M. Modaf and Josh Stanley for our kick-ass theme song. If you like the show, be sure to rate us, review us, subscribe for future episodes, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Movie the Musical. And as we mentioned before, we got a Patreon, patreon.com slash Movie the Musical. Uh, subscribe, $3 a month because we're a triple threat podcast. We cover a lot of fun stuff like the Finding Nemo and Toy Story musicals, uh, the film Annette, uh, the, the, the musical movies of Rodgers and Hammerstein. It is a uh, cornucopia of madness over there. Um, <laughs> so follow us, join us. It's a fun time. That's all for now. Tune in next week for Newsies. Keep on singing. And never underestimate the importance of body body language. language. Ha!